used to think wearing a mask meant hiding my true self. And although that may have been true in my younger years, when, like so many of our youth, I didn't feel adequate. For me, masks come in handy when reality doesn't match what is going on inside of me. For example, although in reality I was a competent teacher, I still wore a mask labeled competent teacher to cover the deeply embedded imposter syndrome that told me that no matter the accolades I received, I was never good enough. Masks can hide us, protect us, or even boost our confidence. One mask I have struggled with over the, the years is the makeup I wear. One part of me feels like by wearing it, I'm bowing to social conventions. I have so much respect for my friends who go about with clean faces. I see them as beautiful in their full authenticity. Part of my struggle is because it feels necessary to wear makeup while serving in a professional capacity. Plus, actors and performers wear makeup to reveal something new, whether beautiful or terrifying, it serves a legitimate purpose. Then I think about how I feel when I put on some foundation, a bit of blush, a dusting of eyeshadow, a run across the lid with a pencil, and a bit of mascara. It's a ritual that reveals a more polished, more competent Cindy. Part of me hates that this is my truth, and I realize that this self-doubt comes from insecurities that often are the result of occasional comparing. I know comparing myself to others is harmful and pointless. I have access to all my internal stuff. I don't, however, have access to other people's internal stuff, the mess, the struggles, the self-doubt, the insecurities, and so much more. I'm comparing my whole self, flawed and beautiful as it is, with the potentially masked individual, their polished self. Masks are powerful in the way they allow us to take on challenges that may initially feel beyond our cap capacity. In those moments, I simply, simply slide on my confident mask and the project becomes mine. When I was younger, I lived in a variety of masks. These masks piled up to the point that my authentic self was buried beneath their crushing mass. I was an actor on the stage of my life back then, writing the script by filtering my actions and words through others' desires. I needed to find my own self, my own needs and desires. My authentic self needed to be uncovered and brought into the world. And as I found safe places and safe people, those masks began to slip off. Masks are not all bad. I used them when I needed them. I still do, only with much less frequency. My authentic self, now that I have uncovered most of her, gets to stay front and center the bulk of the time. And I have no problem pulling a mask out from the rubble for those times, my authentic self may not be what is needed in that moment. The difference is now I have the skills needed to take that mask back off, toss it aside as soon as the moment has passed. 
Like many families, mine enjoys telling funny stories over and over again. And one of these stories is a Halloween tale about my older brother when he was about four years old. Now, I'm five years younger than my brother, so I have no way of verifying if this story is actually true. And it's likely that I have the details all wrong, but here's how I remember the story. The night of Halloween came and my brother was dressed like his favorite superhero, Spider-Man. His Spider-Man costume was complete with built-in padded muscles. And in his imagination, that costume transformed him into a web-throwing crime fighter. He was a little bit of a shy kid. The idea of going up to the doors of unknown homes, ringing the doorbell, was not exactly an exciting one. But at each door, a smiling face would answer, say something encouraging like, oh, look, it's Spider-Man, and then give him candy. Soon, he was brave enough to wander to the door himself with my parents a safe distance at the curb. Surely that superhero costume with the built-in muscles had something to do with the swagger that he began to sport as he walked up to the door. And then disaster struck. Instead of a smiling face at the next door, a giant gorilla answered the door <laughs> and roared. The story goes that my poor brother dropped his candy and ran full speed back to my parents at the curb. Trick-or-treating was over for the night and they retreated to the safety of home. I know. Today, in honor of Halloween, we are talking about masks. Masks can be a lot of fun. They can help us put on a persona that we might otherwise not usually wear, one that allows us to practice being braver or tougher or scarier than usual. Once in college, I dressed up for a party as a really goth girl. I had black clothes and studded shoes, and I even twisted my hair with black and blue wax, and I wore all, wore all sorts of dark makeup, and then I even adopted a sullen, moody personality that whole night. It was exactly the opposite of how I normally dress or act, and when people I knew realized it was me, they were really surprised by my transformation. It was a lot of fun to pretend for the evening. The story we heard earlier about the king the article and the article that we read both share the common sense advice that sometimes it's okay to fake it till you make it. This might sound strange coming from me because I often stress the power of vulnerability, authenticity, and the important truth that each of us is enough just as we are. But sometimes life can be challenging and unfair. Sometimes we need that mask to help us get through, to keep the job, to get through the family gathering, to face a crisis. Sometimes we might just find ourselves in a place we don't wanna be, and we need the mask to trick ourselves into turning things around. Here's an example from science. It sounds ridiculous, but it's true. If you are feeling grumpy, negative, or even just neutral, and you hold a pencil between your teeth, like this, for a minute or two, your mood will begin to improve to more positive and cheerful. The muscles in your mouth that are required 
to hold the pencil, tell your brain that you are smiling. And if you're smiling, your brain reconciles that you must be feeling good. It's backwards. Rather than the feeling inspiring the smile, the smile inspires the feeling. However, there is, of course, an important caveat to the fake it till you make it philosophy. It doesn't work forever. Masks are a coping mechanism. They're helpful, especially in times of stress, and they can help get you through. But any coping mechanism, any one of them, including masks, is only helpful until it's not. I'll say that again. All coping mechanisms are helpful until they're not. The key is paying attention so that you know when it's no longer working for you. For my brother at Halloween at age four, his mask worked for him until he hit a challenge too tough for the mask to do its job. No amount of fake superhero swagger was going to overcome the very real fear of that gorilla. And he did the right thing. Luckily for him, the most healthy and helpful thing was right there available to him. He ran to my parents who could provide real safety and comfort and reassurance, not the manufactured costume kind. When I served in my ministry in Annapolis, Maryland, I co-facilitated a prison ministry for the men at a medium security prison. And when I first went there, new to that kind of work, age 28, five feet tall, at first, I was afraid. I was afraid because I was going to be walking into a room alone, full of men who were in prison. Some of them had done violent things. I didn't know what to expect. Some of what I expected, I saw. Big, tough guys, prison uniforms, lots of tattoos. But when I walked in that room, I also saw what I hadn't expected. I recognized them. They were my brother, my father. They were the men at my church. They were the children I taught in Sunday school. When I looked into their eyes, I saw the humanity common in all of us. In their eyes, I recognized my own family and friends behind tough guy masks. And I was very quickly no longer afraid. As we began to work in our class, we explored a book written specifically to guide inmates through emotional healing and awareness. And let me tell you, I co-led this class for several years. And each time, I got so much out of it for myself, even though it wasn't geared toward me and I was supposedly the teacher. One of the techniques that the book suggested is what they called seeing the lamp instead of the lampshade. This technique reminds us that we all cover ourselves with lampshades, often to protect ourselves. We all wear masks. And that is okay. It's healthy, in fact. We spent some time in the class figuring out which lampshades we wore and why we had developed them. But often when we are dealing with other people, we deal lampshade to lampshade. Instead of striving to see who each other is for who we are, we connect and striving to connect from our own inner self or inner light to the other person's inner self or inner light. That's the goal, seeing the light, light to light, not lampshade to lampshade. That language of seeing the light inside each of us really resonated with my own spirituality as a Unitarian Universalist. 
Our universalist ancestors rejected the idea that God would send anyone to hell, and they rejected the doctrine of original sin, saying instead that we are originally blessed. Our ancestors believe that we are imbued by the universe or our creator with the light of life and the spark of love, that we are originally blessed, that we have a light inside each of us and we must identify with that light instead of only with the lampshade. But it can be easy to over-identify with the mask. We develop ways to protect our light, our vulnerability, by becoming tough or extra kind or mean or shy and we begin to believe that that is who we are. For example, in our story about the king, it begins in the middle of the story, doesn't it? We only arrive in the story to learn that he is cruel and mean and nasty and cold. But I wonder how he got to be that way. Surely he wasn't born that way. I wonder what that cruel cold mask was protecting him from. The kind, friendly mask that the wizard produces helps him to identify with a new part of himself. He is able to rediscover something that was surely there all along. Now, I would be remiss in a sermon about masks in the 20th month of a global pandemic involving an airborne respiratory virus to not talk about masks. This kind of masks. None of us loves wearing these things. They're stuffy. They make it hard to talk. They're particularly challenging for those with hearing loss. And it's so hard not to be able to see each other's full faces, expressions, smiles, even to be able to recognize each other behind our masks. Last Sunday, I went to pick up Nevin from Sunday school, and the assistant teacher <laughs> didn't recognize me. I'm the minister. <laughs> But scientists tell us that these masks, along with vaccination, are the best way to protect ourselves and each other from the spread of COVID-19 and other airborne infections, short of avoiding everyone altogether. Seeing only half your faces feels like a gift after I haven't been able to see your faces at all for a long time. But these masks are a coping mechanism too just like the metaphorical or emotional masks that we wear to protect ourselves. They are a powerful way to protect ourselves, to allow ourselves to get through whatever situation we need to get through. The grocery store, the school day, the Sunday service at the fellowship. But we also want to be able to take them off again when it's safe. The Center for Disease Control tells us that if you're fully vaccinated, you don't need to wear a mask outdoors or indoors with small groups of similarly vaccinated people or with your family or household. For those of us with people in our home who are unvaccinated, including children, or people who are immune compromised or at higher risk, wearing masks more often in public is always a safer choice. But there's that moment at the end of the work or school day or getting in the car or going outside for a, a walk when you peel off your mask and you go, <sighs> you all know that feeling, right? Yeah. That's the feeling that we should all strive to recognize with the masks that we wear, all of the kinds of masks that we wear. It was fun for me to dress 
like a goth girl in college for a Halloween party, but it was also a relief to wash all of that off my face and my hair and to be myself again. It's okay to fake it for a while until you feel more confident in that new job, but it's also important to find people and places at work or elsewhere where you don't have to wear that mask. This past week, our congregation lost a beloved member, apparently to suicide. When many of her fellowship friends gathered here in this space to share memories and stories and feelings, so many of us remarked at the strong, selfless, fun person that she always was, despite the many challenges that she faced in her life, including physical and mental health battles. Slowly, the group began to wonder, was she really as strong as she let on? Should she have asked for help more often? It's likely that some of that strength, selflessness, and fun was a mask. It was a really beautiful, powerful mask that she had developed to protect her from all the hard in her life. And it worked. It worked for a long time for her, but for some reason, at least on that terrible day, she wasn't able to take off the mask in a way that allowed her to be fully herself with those who loved her. If suicide is something that you are contemplating now or in the future, please, please find someone that you can take off your mask with, that you can talk with and share your pain. If you can't think of who to call, we here at the fellowship are here for you. Our ministers and care team are here for you. And also the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline in your local county also has crisis lines that you can call. And I've heard about people who call and just how amazing those people are who answer the phone. You are worthy. I promise promise that you have a beautiful light, an original blessing inside you that someone else will be able to see if you aren't able to see it for the, in that moment for yourself. Knowing, knowing that our masks can be fun and silly and that they can also be a really powerful way to protect us physically and emotionally, we give praise for our masks. And we also recognize them for what they are. They are not us. And it is important to find a safe place to remove these masks with those who see our light. May we each find those places and people of respite and relief. And may we each strive to provide places and moments of safety and vulnerability for those who need to take their mask off when it's possible to do so. Amen. And may it be so.